praying and literally at the exact same time he said the fear of the Lord, I was thinking of that's exactly what happened. So when when we came back, like when we accepted the call to, to pastor here and to, to mend fences, like you don't know the, the cost that came with that. I'm just, I'm honest. If I'm, if I'm nothing, I'm going to be, tell the truth. So um, that, that was a price that was paid. Like there was a price paid for that. There was a, um, for me, there was a swallowing of the pride. There was a, um, burying old wounds there was a just that's enough right that that took place and when you step into the to my I stepped into my dad's office it was my dad's office it wasn't mine (laughs) I was like this is not my office it's his furniture it's his stuff on the walls like this is just not his and I stepped in here not knowing what what this was going to look like and um, I think immediately probably what happened was I felt the fear of the Lord um, the weight of what he's calling us to do. And I, I feel like I, I want to open you, open you and open up today and talk about the process that I go through when I get bad news. And I don't know why. Um, I'm probably not going to go into the bad news or things that, that any personal experiences, but I feel like the Lord was sharing with me that we're going to be gatekeepers we're supposed to be people that step into places of authority and release heaven through us that out of our belly should flow rivers of living water. And so we need to become very uh, in tune with what's going on inside of us. And when I get bad news, there's a very specific process I have. You can ask my wife, I always pause. The first thing I do, I get bad news, I pause. I don't say anything. I don't react. Why? Because all of my life, my reactions have been the wrong reactions and the words that I've said have been the wrong and I have to go back and eat crow later. So I've learned, I get really bad news. I take it, I literally take a pause. Okay. All right. And what I'm learning to do is when I take that pause, I'm, I'm literally pausing and inviting God's presence into the moment. The word selah, have you seen it in Psalm? It literally means to pause in the presence and think about it. Think about him. And so when I get bad news or a bad report and my stomach sinks, anyone ever have that happen? You get a report or something that disappoints you and you feel it right here. Isn't that amazing that something out here goes into your ears and then you can feel it in your stomach? Unreal. And that, that feeling that you get, and I've learned to pause the feeling is real. The want to freak out is real. But then I lean in and I'm like, Lord, but what are you saying? Okay. And so I had a moment. I've had a few moments like that over the last few weeks. And we'll probably talk more specifics as we see what that looks like going ahead in the future. Um, but there, we said we want no shortcuts. And we want to do things the right way. Like that's man, that's like our life. That's one of our life uh, slogans for Mandy and I. We don't want any shortcuts. We want to do things the right way, even if it takes longer and is really painful. That's fine. We want to do it the right way. And so um, just real quick, short story, coming back and, and merging the two churches together, there were a lot of things that needed to be taken care of. There were a lot of details. There were a lot of monsters hiding in closets. Yeah, come on. And 
And uh, you would go through seasons where you feel like a, no- a monster, would, it's like whack-a-mole, right? You, you pop that one and another one and pop that one, and it's like they kept coming around, and then you're like, okay. Like, even Amber and I would talk in the office, like, all right. Like, we feel like we've gotten a handle on things. Like, things are going really smoothly, and then, bam, something will come out of nowhere. You're like, where did you come from? We unplugged the game. How did you even, you know? And, and so I, I had a moment like that or the last a couple of those moments the last week or so, some phone calls and some information that came up, and I was like, what? What are you talking about? One of them has to do with, with um, I'll just tell you, because we're going to look to resolve this and what that looks like, I don't know. Um, but the deed to this property does not give us permission to meet as a church, which is, I know it sounds really crazy when I say it like that. Like, oh, no, they're going to kick us out. They're not going to kick us out. Like, we've been here for, what, nine years meeting? It would look really, really bad if they tried to kick us out and say you can't have church. <laughs> so, but there are some legal things that I didn't even know about until, what, Wednesday? Um, <laughs> and so I had, I got to have a phone call conversation with the economic and economic development director for the city of Irving. Like, dude, how cool is that? Like, I didn't think I was ever going to have a conversation with guys like that. I didn't know I wanted to. I didn't want to, but I got to have conversations. And so, and now we're setting up meetings with uh, uh, attorneys. Look, it's a long story short. I'm telling you, I got really bad news. My stomach sank. I was like, oh, and, and my heart hurt and my brain started going to all of the worst possible options that could happen here and i heard the lord just say jared literally he whispered he just whispered he didn't even yell at me like get a hold of yourself no he just whispered jared i am with you it's going to be okay when i heard that i just said i took a deep breath and i said yes sir i'm if you're with me and it's going to be okay. I don't care how hard it is. I can do all things through Christ. So I, I took that deep breath, and I began to process that way. And I began to think about um, in Exodus 33. And I want, to read, I want to read it. So we're going to go to Exodus 33, and then we're going to go to the New Testament. And here's how you process bad news or disappointment. Number one, you need to remember that you will not go through anything alone that God literally walks with you and he will never abandon you and you don't have to solve it and figure it out. All you have to do is walk with him, all right? So in Exodus 33, Moses is having a, an experience like this and the Lord told Moses, I want you to leave where, from where you are and I want you to go. And you and the people um, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, from the, to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, to your descendants I will give this land, and I will send my angel, it's capitalized there, my angel, <laughs> I wonder who that was, I will send my angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, and the Amorites, and the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, all the enemies, all right? Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, for I will, listen, I will not go up in your midst lest I consume you on the way because you're a stubborn, rebellious people. Really bad news for Moses. Moses is like, okay, you called me out of Egypt and you said you would go with me and now you're telling me to go to the promised land, but you're not gonna go with me now. Because we're such a bad people 
that your, your righteousness would burn us and we would not survive. And that's literally what God is telling him. And it says, when the people heard this bad news, that even that's, I'm quoting, this is not even the Jared Patterson version. When the people heard this bad news, they mourned. And no one put on their garments of worship and their ornaments of praise and all those things. For the Lord had said to Moses, say to the children of Israel, you are a stiff-necked, rebellious people. I could come up into your midst in one moment and consume you. <laughs> He's driving this in, right? Now, therefore, take off your ornaments that I may know uh, that I may know what to do for you or to you. So the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments at, by Mount Oreb. All right, the rest of the story. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside of the camp, far away from the wicked, stubborn, rebellious people. <laughs> and he built this tent, and he called it a tabernacle of meeting. And that's where he went in, and he met with the presence of God. It came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of the meeting, which was set outside the camp. So it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, all the people rose, and they stood at their tent door, and they watched Moses. Just this is a side note. Can you get a picture of this? These are a people who really do want to know God. They, and, 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 but they, don't, they have chosen to restrict their access to him. And so now they're standing every day watching their leader go into the presence of God and come out. They're standing at their door. And they watched him until he had gone into the tabernacle. And when it came to pass, Moses entered the tabernacle. The pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And God talked to Moses. Hmm. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and they worshiped. So they began to worship the Lord at their own tent. So the Lord spoke to Moses, listen to this, face to face. Yes. <clears throat> As a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to camp, but Joshua, a young man, he never left the presence of the Lord. He never left the temple. And I love that. Oh, what a beautiful picture. So then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. He's like, you said you're not going. Well, then who's going with me? He said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. That's what God says to him. I know you by name, and you have found my grace. Now, therefore, I pray if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way that I may know you and that I might find grace in your sight. What a beautiful prayer. If I do know you, show me your ways and I will walk with you. I will obey you. I will do whatever you tell me to do. And consider that this nation is your people. And God said to him, my presence will go with you. Say, my presence will go with you. This is God's promise. My presence will go with you. And he says, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, and this is where we'll stop. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight unless you are with us, unless you go with us? So we will be separate, your people and I, from all the people of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And then Moses says, please show me your glory. He's like, I've, I got him to, to say yes to this. I'm going to keep asking. That's the, the heart and the attitude we should have. But the point here is, here's what I want you to know. We will face bad news. 
young people, you're, you're going to get bad news. I, I, you know, we're all the rest of our life, we're going to face bad news. We're going to face opportunities for disappointment. Jesus even says specifically, he said, um, I'm going to leave you. He, and Jesus said it's in, in John 14, 15. He says that, but I'm not alone because the Father's with me. He, Holy Spirit walks with me. He goes, and I'm, I'm going to leave you, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm also going to send the Holy Spirit to you so that you're not alone. And then he says, you're going to have trouble, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. So here's the point. When you walk into any situation that you feel ill-equipped for, that's the easiest way to stir up stress in people. If you get bad news and you're like, oh man, I got extra $200 on my electric bill this month and you just happen to have an extra $250 laying around, you're like, no, no worries, bad news, but I got this. The real bad news is when you get something and you don't have anything to solve it with. Yeah. And you're like, I'm ill-equipped. I got nothing. In those moments, yeah. we need to know. And we need to be able to find that thing inside of us to stir up our relationship with him that says, you know what? I don't know, but if you go with me, we can solve this thing. If you stay close to me and if I can walk next to you, show me your ways, then we can solve any season of life. And that to me is the key to mental health. I don't have to be equipped. I don't have to be good at everything. I don't have to be the wisest person around. I don't have to be, you know, I joke about this all the time with, with my friends and with pastor friends. I'm like, when I went to Bible school, I thought the only thing I needed to do to be a good pastor was to know the Bible. So I went to Bible school. I didn't know I needed to be an accountant, an attorney, a lawyer, a building project manager, like a referee, a marriage counselor, what else? <laughs> Crisis. I didn't know. I was, I'm not good at it. They don't teach you that stuff in Bible school. They just don't. Like, but here's the point. I don't have to be great at all those things. All I need to do is that when those things pop up, the whack-a-mole pops up, okay, Lord, you're with me? Are we going that way? Okay, yes, we're going that way. Are you going with me that way? All right, then I'm okay. You're going to help me in this season. And I feel like this is so important that we learn this. When you get bad news and you don't have a solution for it, already, you're already not already equipped with a solution, he will go with you. His presence will be with you. He will not abandon you. He will never leave you. He's been with you in the past. He will be with you in the future. Come on. He knows us. He's in our future. Amen. Yeah. Take this away. He's in your future. Yes. So uh, this is funny. Um, Hank was with me last week, and we were praying over someone here at the front, and God gave me a prophetic word. And I declared this prophetic word over to this person, and I told them I won't go all into all the specifics, but it, it was about a minute-long prophetic word, and it was instruction, all right? In the future, something's going to happen. Someone's going to want to help you out. They're going to do you a favor. Whenever you, you come before those people, just submit to them and do whatever they tell you to do because they're trying to help you. This was my prophetic word. It's so crazy. I, I get this email the next day from LCA, and I start to send back a, a frustration response like what's your problem get off my back gosh you're like the man <laughs> you're like my parents uh like a teenager 
I wasn't mean. I wasn't dishonored. I just was, was forceful in my response. And before I send it, I always like to say, hey, will you read this? Hey, Amber, does this sound okay before I send it? Mandy, does this sound good before I send this to my friends? Like, all right. So, and, and she's like, okay. She's like, but I just found this. And she held up a piece of paper. I was like, oh, the information on that paper makes me look like a big jerk if I send this email. So I went delete, 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 rewrote the whole email from humility, which is where I should have started probably, right? But I didn't have the information. But the Lord got me to pause so that I could have better information so that I could just do whatever they told me to do. I just prophesied the day before to someone the very word I needed the very next day. (laughs) Exactly what I needed. And later in the week, I have discovered that this organization that's been, it feels like for, for us in the office, it's felt very like, man, they're just annoying us about every little thing they could annoy us about. That's what it's felt like. Like, okay, we, we need you to fix this. We need you to do this. We need, like, bam, like nonstop. It's like, okay, goodness, we're doing all, all right, leave us alone. Why, what is your problem? What's the big deal? New eyes, they're actually trying to help me. They're not doing it trying to control or to, uh, to be a, an annoyance to Fire Life Church. They're actually trying to help us keep our word that I didn't know that we had a word made to them on. <laughs> I didn't know we had an agreement. And they were being kind by annoying us over every little detail because by us not doing every little detail, we were breaching a contract that I didn't even know that existed and so I thought, man, you're annoying me. What's your problem? Get off my back. They were being very, very, very merciful. New eyes. I prophesied it to someone else on Sunday. It acted out on Monday. And on Wednesday, Thursday, I began to see, oh, they're actually trying to help us. Just do whatever they say. The Lord was in my future and he told me Sunday, not just to me, but I gave the word to someone and it applied to their situation, but it was the Lord also in my future for me. He gets you ready. He prepares us. And the way he does that is he plants his word inside of us. Hey, Mary, you're going to give birth to the Messiah. Oh, be it unto me as you have said, Lord. In other words, may your words go into my heart and bring this into fulfillment. Send your word, plant your word into my heart and it will create the fruit that you want in my life. The Lord always sends his word into us for what's coming into the future. What's the Lord saying to you right now? What prophetic words have you given to other people over the last few weeks? Is there a chance that the Lord has been seeding your future as you operated in a gift? Is there a chance that God has been sowing wisdom into your heart as you give it away that it's also for your wisdom? He's in your future and you aren't walking alone. Every detail of your life has been orchestrated by God himself. It's his love story. He wrote about our days before any of them came to came to pass came into being he knows where you need to be and he doesn't waste anything paul manwaring says this he wastes nothing he gets us ready 
He uses everything in our life to work his goodwill and his purposes for us. So where are you right now? You may not have received bad news recently, but there will be bad news at some point in the future. And I'm not saying that prophetically. I'm just saying that is a fact of life. It's all, in, it's all in how we respond to that news that, that either limits its effect or causes it to be devastating. Typically, our response to bad news creates more messes than the issue. Our trying to fix it, our trying to manipulate it into our favor, our trying to resolve it through all of our toil and effort typically creates a way bigger mess than the actual issue. And if you would just pause, listen for that still quiet voice. And then when he speaks, say, okay, if you go with me, I'll walk into any dark alley with you as long as you're by my side. And that was Jesus's promise to us. It was God's promise to Moses and it was Jesus's promise to us. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you to the ends of the age. And when Jesus says, I'm leaving so that I can send you the Holy Spirit who can be with you every moment of the day, who will live inside of you. As a matter of fact, his Greek name is the paraclete, the one who walks beside us. He says, I have to go so that he can come because I won't leave you or abandon you. Even while you sleep, this Holy Spirit is going to be there with you. Come on. This is our promise. This is the lifestyle that he wants us to live. Amen? He knows what we need before we even ask. And he's seeding our future. Amen? Amen? All right. Such confidence stirs in me when I think about him being with me. I'm, I'm the kind of person that uh, I don't like to go places by myself very often. Like, there are times I'm like, sure, everybody leave me alone. I'm either going to the roof of the church to eat my lunch or just be quiet, or I'm going where no one else will follow me because I want to be alone. I like to do that. It's, no one likes to climb those stairs, so I'm pretty safe being alone up there. Or I want to go to the park. I wanna, but typically... Most of the time, I'm like, hey, Josiah, you're going to go to the store with me, buddy. I don't want to go to the store. I just want you to go with me. Babe, you going to go to the store with me? Sure. You want to go here? Yeah, I, I like for people to be with me. Yeah. I, I just enjoy. I enjoy the company. And God wants to be that company. Yes, I just invite him along for the ride. Yes. We've, we've talked about this a lot. It goes back to the very beginning when he just wanted to go for a walk with, with us. Just wanted to go for a walk. He just wanted to hang out with us in the garden, and he wanted to just talk. He didn't want to bring up issues. He didn't want to deal with stuff. He just wanted to go for a walk with us. And there's nothing like living in a continual walk with God. Yes, amen. We have a relationship with him, but it's not just a relationship. It is a literal walk with him. It is a, it is a cultivated, thoughtful walk with him. He, he is so thoughtful. How many know that about God? Like, he's so thoughtful. He thinks of every little detail. Every detail. And those are just the things that we're aware of. (laughs) 
What does Psalm say? How precious are your thoughts for me, O God. If I were to count them, they would be as numerous as the sands of the seashore. Like, I can't count them, or they would, be as num- they would be numbered like the stars in the skies. How precious are your thoughts over me, for me? <sighs> Where can I go to escape you? <laughs> if I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the pits of the earth, you're there. Where can I go? He is this all-encompassing friend. He's this friend who walks with us. Would you stand? And I just want to pray over you. I want to prophesy over you. Father, we know we're going to get bad news. All of us. We're going to face difficult seasons in life, difficult phone calls, difficult relational issues, bad things that that wound us. But God, here's, here's what I declare now. We are not going to process any of these situations or these moments in life apart from you ever again. When we say nothing's off limits, we mean it. Every area of our life is available to you. There is no sectioned off place that we've got. You are welcome to walk with us and have a relationship with us in every area and every season of our lives. Holy Spirit, I invite you. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to invade our lives as the paraclete, as the one who walks with us, as another helper to be with us. Why don't you invite Holy Spirit? Invite him. Say, come, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us and you are for us, God. Hallelujah. Oh, God, that you are our future. Everything we are, God, it's wrapped up in you today. In you, in you, in God. In you we have our being, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John 14, 16, and I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Everyone say forever. forever. John 16, 32 and 33, indeed the hour is coming, yes, it's already here, that you will be scattered, yeah, and, and will leave me alone. Jesus said, you're going to leave me alone. But he says, but I am not alone. <laughs> Come on, man. He says, I am not alone because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Every solution we need is in Christ. It's in him, and he is with us now and forever. Would you declare that, Jesus, you're with me now and forever. I like to often pray into my future and I just declare things off into my future. So would you do that? Father, you're, if, you're, if you're here and you're not married right now, we just declare that Jesus is going to be with you in the, in the process of engagement in marriage. If you don't have children yet and you want children or you want to have more children, we declare Jesus is with you in the process of having more children in the future. If you need a a raise or promotion, you want to start a business someday, Jesus, you're in my future helping me start this business. 
Yeah, come on. Jesus, you're five years into my future when this place is exploding with activity and people. You're there with us, guiding us all along the way. Come on. Jesus, you're with that person here who gets a promotion that's way above anything they thought they were available for or ready for. You're with them in that moment, Jesus. Come on. Jesus, you're with that person when we lose our father or our mother. Yeah, you're in that moment in the future when that happens. Come on. When we lose a spouse, when we lose a friend, you're with us. Yeah. We don't like to think about that, but he's with us in the good and the bad. Yes. Yeah, Jesus, you're with us every season of life. <laughs> Father, I just declare that you're with fire life. In every season that this church has, every layer uh, of, uh, that we go through, you're with us in that season and you will give us wisdom and you will give us direction and we will not only make it through, but we will prosper in every season. I declare that over you. You're not just going to make it through every season, you are going to prosper in every season. Just like the children of Israel, they went in with nothing and they left with the spoils of Egypt. <laughs> Come on, read that story if you need to be encouraged. They went in with nothing as slaves and they left with the wealth of a nation. 